All right, it's me, it's me, H-E-C-3, also known as Hampton Edward Conway III, better known as Lil' Hamp, and sometimes known as Shorty Coco. And this is the Get Fat Podcast. That's right, Get Fat, F-A-T, Freedom and Transformation. And I'm doing a little something different uh, this time as it is October 26, 2022. And I had something pop up in my feed, uh, my Facebook feed today uh, from eight years ago, from October 26, 2014. And it was some comments uh, with respect to a sermon that I preached at Queens Chapel United Methodist Church in Beltsville, Maryland on this day, eight years ago. And it kind of really just took me back and I felt like it was very appropriate uh, that I actually share this sermon with you all. It is on YouTube. I'm sharing the audio here on the podcast, but I will provide the link as well uh, if you want to actually go to YouTube and watch it. But I wanted to provide some context before uh, letting you listen to the actual sermon. And so the context is this. First of all, October is Domestic Violence Awareness Month. And so we were paying some particular attention to that at this service in October of 2014. Mind you, in January of 2014 is when I separated, left Pittsburgh, came to Maryland, left my children behind. Um, I've talked about some of this on previous podcast, previous episodes, but, you know, it was a really, really tough time for me, a really hard time. It was hard for me to leave my children, but I was in a situation where I needed to get some help, get some healing, uh, and I was able to do that. Um, Now, mind you, you know, I was definitely going through some anxiety and depression uh, from my circumstance, also from you know, really struggling with the guilt I was feeling about some things that had transpired within our family, guilt over leaving the kids behind. It wouldn't be for another year that, you know, from October of 2014, it would be another year before I would get my children, get custody of all 10 of my children. And that was a long, grueling, expensive, tough uh, battle. So, you know, there was so much going on. And You know, this instance, this sermon was the first time that I had preached in years. Now, mind you, I think I preached my first sermon when I was nine years old. And that's a whole nother story. But I had been preaching for some time on and off throughout my life. Uh, But there became a certain point in my life where not only was I not preaching anymore, but I wasn't even going to church. And so this was a very meaningful and monumental uh, occasion for me stepping back into the pulpit and sharing my story in this fashion. Uh, And so, you know, because it does focus on some of my story with respect to uh, domestic abuse, um, I think it's just very appropriate that this month and that this is the anniversary of this message, uh, I wanted to share it with y'all. And so I wanted to provide some context to you uh, about it. By the way, you can learn some more about my story through the chapter of the book that I contributed to, because the title 
in that was darkness to light. Uh, the title of this sermon is Rise and Shine. So go to HamptonConway.com, order yourself a copy of the book so you can read that and hopefully be blessed not only by my story, but all the many other inspirational stories that are in it. Well, um, I'm not going to be real formal with the introduction and all that because I got a lot to say in a little bit of time. So we just, I'm just going to say, what's up, everybody? Um, y'all done had four or five sermons already. But it's all good. I'm good and warmed up. I know you're good and warmed up. Uh, the Baltimore Washington Conference, uh, United Methodist men and United Methodist women of the Baltimore Washington Conference are currently engaged in a domestic violence initiative. Um, and so they are partnering to address the issue of domestic violence, domestic abuse, intimate partner abuse, um, whether it be uh, physical, sexual, psychological, verbal, emotional uh, abuse in our communities. Um, and so I went to, uh, a few weeks ago, uh, I went to a training, because I'm on uh, one of the teams uh, that is going to be coming into the communities and, and trying to bring awareness, advocacy, and education around the issue. And I uh, went to a training, and uh, it, the training was organized and led by the Faith Trust Institute, the same folks that uh, produced that material that's on the back of your bulletin. And the lead, the main speaker there was a woman who was an expert in the field. Um, she was also a uh, victim of domestic abuse. And so she told her story, and uh, I don't know if there's anybody in there that couldn't help but to cry listening to her story, but she told her story, and I don't have time to tell her whole story, but I'm just gonna get to the end. She was at the point where she had left her husband. She and her young child had left her husband. She was a preacher's kid. So she had stayed in the situation a lot longer than she should have based on the stigma of being a preacher's kid and, and trying to you know, weigh her faith against her situation, okay? And that is very common. Uh, it's very common for those who faced you know, domestic abuse to to weigh their upbringing and their faith and, and the scriptures against their situation, uh, and sometimes inappropriately, and it causes them to stay in the situation. So here she was when she finally got to the point where uh, she left her husband, and the interesting thing was, up until this point, there had been no physical abuse. It had all been verbal, emotional, psychological abuse. And it got so bad that she realized she had to leave and, and, well, first of all, I, okay, there's that saying, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. That's a lie from the devil. Okay? Words will mess you up, sometimes more so than them sticks and stones. So let's just keep that straight. I mean, and the Bible does say death and life are in the power of the tongue. So she's in a situation where she's moved out. She's moved in with her father, her and her child. Uh, her husband had threatened her for years about if she ever left that she was going to kill. He was going to kill her and kill her father right in front of her. Said he was going to cut his eyes out. So one day she comes home. She comes home to a dark house. The phones had been unplugged. The house was dark, and he jumped out and attacked her. He had a knife in one hand and beat her with his other hand, then held her at knife point. 
said, where's your father? I'm going to kill him. She kept saying, I don't know. I don't know where he is. I don't know where he is. I don't know where he is. She knew where he was. She kept saying, I don't know where he is. I don't know where he is. She held him at knife point. He held her at knife point, and finally, dad came home. And when her father came home, still dark in the room, father came through the door, and he immediately went to attack her. She's yelling and screaming, dad, run, dad, run, but she couldn't stop him. She ran after him, jumped on him, and tried to stop him. He stabbed her in the stomach. She fell, and she went, he went after her father, proceeded to cut her father right across his brow, missed his eyes. But his dad thought he was blind because his brow had fallen over his eyes and blood was going into his eyes. And he said, I can't see, I can't see. And so she's jumping back on him, they're tussling, they're fighting, and all this traumatic drama's going on. And she said, all of a sudden, something said to her, turn on the light. And she knows that something was God. And she turned on the light. And her ex-husband had seen what he had done. He looked around and saw what he had done, and he ran. And so I want to talk to you a little bit this morning about turning on the light. You know, and I couldn't help but to think about, I'm an oldies fanatic, okay? Um, and there's a song, I can't do this with this jacket. Okay. So I can't help but think about it. Teddy Pendergrass has a song. Just bear with me now. Bear with me. Say, turn off the lights. I love the song in a um, holy marriage ordained by God kind of way. Okay. So, but it, it, my favorite part of the song is where Teddy, he stops singing. And he gets to this part of the song where he ain't even singing no more. He's so passionate about what he's saying. He just stops singing and just yells, turn him off. Yes, he did. He wasn't even singing no more. Just yell, turn him off. I imagine, I imagine that when that woman was in that situation, God didn't whisper to her. He yelled to her. Turn them on. Let there be light. Let us pray. Dear Lord, I thank you for this day and for this opportunity. I pray that you will use me to speak to your people. Speak to me. Let there be some freedom and transformation taking place in your house today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Doreen, I'm singing. Oh, 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 I love to swim in. Doreen. When you want to swim, you want See, to See, I'm going to get stuck now with that song. Now it's in my head. Sorry. Dory, do you see anything? Ah! Something's got me. That was me. I'm sorry. <gasps> Who's that? Who's that? Who could it be? It's me. Are, are you my conscience? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm your conscience. We haven't spoken for a while. How are you? Can't complain. Yeah, good. Now, Dory, I want you to tell me. Do you see anything? I see a... I see a light. A light? Yeah, over there. Hey, Conscience, am I dead? Oh, I, I, I see it too.
What is it? It's so pretty. I... I'm feeling happy. Which is a big deal for me. I want to touch it. Oh. Hey, come back. <laughs> come on back here. I'm gonna get you. I'm gonna get you. I'm gonna get I'm you. I'm gonna swim with you. I'm gonna get you. I'm gonna be your best friend. Good feelings gone. Swim. Definitely one of my favorite uh, animated movies for sure, Finding Nemo. So one of the things, if we're going to talk about light, we can't talk about light without talking about darkness. And you best believe that there is darkness all around us. And you ain't got to take my word for it. Ephesians 6.12 says, For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against the mighty powers in this dark world and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. The word darkness shows up in the Bible, uh, depending on which translation you're looking at, anywhere between 140 and 170 times. And it shows up in Job. Job himself referred to darkness 25 times in the book of Job. Now here's Job, who is a righteous man, talking about darkness in his life. So if Job, a righteous man, is talking about darkness in his life, what makes you think you're going to escape it? It's not going to happen. Darkness is all around us. So for us to talk about light, we have to talk about darkness. So in this clip, um, in Finding Nemo, most of y'all know the story. Marlon, Nemo's dad, is looking for Nemo. He lost his son. Uh, in this particular situation, you got Dory, the other fish, you know, that teamed up with him and they had lost the goggles. The goggles had fell into the darkness. The goggles had the address of where they thought Nemo was. So they delve into the darkness looking for these goggles. Now, the first thing I want to say to you is be careful who you team up with. Now, Marlon was a little hesitant to go down into that darkness, okay? But Dory grabbed Marlon by the fin and just started making her way on down, oblivious to the darkness. Did you hear her singing? Doo, 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 doo. Oblivious to the fact that they were just diving deeper and deeper into the darkness. I don't know about you. I can do darkness pretty good by myself. I don't need nobody coming along, grabbing me by the hand and taking me down deeper into the darkness. Bible talks about that in 2 Corinthians 6.14. Somebody made mention of it earlier. Be, do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. What fellowship does light have with darkness? That yoke, talking about don't be teamed up. You can't team up with darkness. So anyway, here they go, delving into the darkness, looking for something, which takes me to my next point. Just because you're in the dark don't mean you won't find something. You may not find what you want to find, but just because you're in the dark 
this. Don't mean you won't find something. And so they found something, all right? They found a light. A light. Now, if you noticed, they were mesmerized, almost hypnotized by that light. Stopped dead in their tracks. They stopped diving and just stopped there. And they thought it was the most beautiful thing ever. Listen here. Satan will disguise evil as light. He is the master of disguise. Everything that looks good, sound good, smell good, feel good, taste good, ain't always good for you. Satan will make you think so. So here they are, mesmerized by this light, and they about to lose their life. Now they didn't, y'all saw the movie. They didn't die. But I'm gonna tell you a story about myself and where I died in the darkness. December of last year. For a few days, slept in my car in the Walmart parking lot because I couldn't go home. It was a good thing I was a principal because I had the keys and the alarm code to the school. So I slept at the school, slept in my office, slept in the teacher's lounge. It was Christmas break. And it was dark, I was hurting, I was confused, I was just lost in the darkness. Found myself in a situation where it got so bad, I just didn't know what to do. I remember calling my parents, and I remember I remember crying out to my parents, and I know they remember. And I remember telling my mom, dad, I can't take it. I can't take it no more. I don't know what to do. I can't take it. My mom told me later that my dad grabbed his keys. Because I was in Pittsburgh, and he said, Sharon, we're going to get our boy. Mom said, Hamp, you can't do it. He's got to do this on his own. Thank God for parents that understand what tough love really is. And I knew they weren't coming. And I finally got to the point where I cried out to God. I cried out to God. I said, Lord, I can't take it. 
I can't do this no more. This hurts. I can't think straight. I can't function. It's so dark right here. Help me, Lord. Help me. And at that moment, God said, Holy Spirit, you hear that? Jesus, you hear that? He finally figured it out. Let's go get our boy. Holy Trinity came down right in that room with me, right in my office of that school building. The Holy Trinity came down and God told the Holy Spirit, he said, Holy Spirit, I need you to hit him. Holy Spirit took out, put out his hands and the Holy Spirit said, what you want me to do, God? God said, he's dying. I need you to wake him up. I need you to rise him up from the dead. And the Holy Spirit took his hands like a holy defibrillator. Y'all know what I'm talking about, them crash carts. Y'all watch Grey's Anatomy, come on now. God said he's crashing. I need you to raise him up. I need you to wake him up. So the Holy Spirit put one hand on my heart. And he put one hand on my mind. And God said, hit him. He said, but when you hit him, you're going to need to clear some things out. When you hit him, you're going to have to clear out some of that confusion. When you hit him, you're going to have to clear out some of that doubt. When you hit him, you're going to have to clear out some of that depression. When you hit him, you're going to have to clear out some of that sorrow, clear out some of that bitterness. And the Holy Ghost said, clear, boom. Somebody in here need a hit from the Holy Ghost? Who in here is willing to admit you need a hit? What you need cleared out this morning? You need some depression cleared out? Who needs some depression? Who needs some depression cleared out? Clear! 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 Who needs who need some confusion cleared out this morning? Clear! Who needs some sorrow cleared out this morning? Clear! Listen here, you can act like you don't want to hit. Took a hit of everything else. You hit the pipe, you hit the blunt, you hit the joint, you hit the club, you even hit that booty. You better get a hit on this Holy Ghost. Sit up here acting like you ain't tried everything else. 
wandering around in the darkness, grabbing on to anything you can find. The devil throwing everything and anything at you. Now you all messed up in the darkness. You don't know what to do. God says, I want to clear your mess out. I want to wake you up. I want you to rise up. Let the Holy Ghost hit you. Holy Ghost hit me, my eyes opened up, and I raised up. Come on now, I ain't making this stuff up. Look back at that, that verse we had earlier. It said, wake up, you sleeper. Rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. So that's the next thing that happened. God looked at the Holy Ghost and said, good work, Holy Ghost. Jesus, it's your turn. I need you to light them up. That's what the verse said. It said Christ will shine on you. God said, I need you to light them up. Jesus said, okay, Father. What you want me to light them up with? He said, I want you to light them up with some mercy. And, 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 and light them up with some grace. And, and, and light them up with some love. He said, no, you know what? Just light them up with everything. Light them up with all my goodness. Let there be light. Turn them on. I'm almost done. Jesus. Jesus hit me with his light. The Holy Trinity woke me up, opened my eyes, brought me back from this dead, the spiritual dead, shined his light on me. When I once was dying in the darkness, God brought me to the point where now I'm living in the light. And I was able to make my way out of that darkness Make my way down here to Burkirk. But he didn't stop there. Because when God shines on you, when God gives you his light, he expects you to use it. Okay. <clears throat> the verse says, you are the light of the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hid. No one after lighting a lamp puts it under a bushel, but on a lampstand and gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. I got down here and I experienced that. I'm not talking about me shining my light just yet, but I got down here and other folks shine their light on me. I got down here and that off the hook Bible study crew, oh, they were shining their light all on me. And I got down here 
and I reconnected with my birth mother, and she shined her light all on me. My mother and father shined their light all on me. Reverend Small shined his light all on me. My best friend, Bakari, he shined his light all on me. That's what he said to do with your light. Don't keep it to yourself. All right, let me explain this light thing real quick from a physics standpoint, okay? Listen carefully. Listen carefully. You cannot smell, touch, or see light directly. Light is energy. Electromagnetic radiation. When the electromagnetic radiation collides with the object, a portion of the light is reflected back to your eyes. When the reflected portion collides with your retina, then you see the object. You never see light traveling through space, only how light changes after it hits something and then reflects. All right, let me give you, let me give you the short version. Put it, put, it, put, it, put it where the ghost can get it. The purpose of light is to reveal the properties of the objects it collides with. Okay, one more time, one more time. The purpose of light is to reveal the properties, the characteristics of the objects it collides with. I'm looking at Brashawn's sweater. It is a beautiful red, but not really. What's happening is light is hitting the properties the, mat, the, the matter of that sweater and what it's made up of. And it's not until the light hits it and then sends that signal, that image back to my eyes, and my eyes translates that and sends it to my brain and tells me, oh, that's red. What I'm trying to say. I'm trying to say, when that, when that man comes along and he grabs you by the hand and he's talking all good and sweet and he starts trying to take you somewhere, he wants to team up with you, you better light him up. You better light him up. You better see what he's working with. Don't just fall for the okie doke. When that, when, that drop, when that job drops in your lap, you better measure up your situation against the word of God, which by the way, David said, that word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Now that don't mean a whole lot to y'all right now, I know, because back, see we got street lights, we got lights, all, all kind of lights up in here. Look, when David wrote that, there wasn't no electricity, people. You wasn't getting around nowhere without a lamp. A lamp was crucial for your existence. 
you could not function without a lamp. And now David is saying, y'all know how important your lamp is. You know daggone well you ain't going nowhere without your lamp. And I'm trying to tell you that God's word is a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your path. You go ahead, fool around, and not take that light with you if you want to. Guess where you're going to find yourself? In the dark. In the darkness. Grab a hold of anything you can find. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. The light. See, there's light and there's the light. I know I ain't the only one that done got dressed in the morning. And then you get outside, and I'm saying not even in the dark. I'm in the, I got the light on in the room. But somehow when I got outside and that pure sunlight hit me, I said, I'll be daggone. I ain't matching for nothing. Listen here. When that woman comes along and she talking to you sweet and she grabs your hand, starts to take you down that path, you better pull the other direction. You better drag her out into that pure sunlight and see what she working with. When you think about buying that house, buying that car, cause see this will happen. Satan will disguise something so beautifully. You be done mess around and thank God for it. Put God's name all in it. Oh, look what the Lord done brought me. You never took the time to light it up. You ain't even bother to light it up. But you putting God's name all in it. Calling people, talking about, girl. Ooh, you got to see this man the Lord done brought me. And they co-signing. Go get him, girl. Go get him. Light him up. Listen, 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 listen. That Matthew 5. In, the, in the, the Bible version, the message puts the light, the, the, the Matthew 5 passage this way. And it says, here's another way to put it. You're here to be light. Bringing out the God colors in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this. As public as a city on a hill. If I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you on a light stand. Now that I've put you there on a hilltop, on a light stand, shine. Keep open house. Be generous with your lives by opening up to others. You'll prompt people to open up with God, this generous father in heaven. <laughs> Excuse me. Listen. Listen. God raised me from the dead, and he gave me his light. 
God doesn't want you. He doesn't want me taking that light and putting it under a barrel, putting it under a bucket. God is saying, rise up. Get hit with the Holy Ghost. Let him clear out all of your mess and rise up. Up, rise up out of depression, rise up out of darkness, rise up out of bitterness, rise up out of hate, rise up. And after you rise up, then shine, shine on your brother, shine on your sister, shine on your mother, shine on your father, shine at work, shine at home, shine in your car, everywhere you go, rise and shine, rise and shine. Rise and shine. Light them up. 